0: You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm your host, Curtis Findlay, and this is the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hello, this is the Epic Marvel Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Finley, and we have another Generation X interview. If you've been following the podcast for a while, um, every month I have been releasing one interview with someone who worked on Generation X, one of my favorite comic books, um, through its ups and downs. One of the down periods was uh, kind of the tail end. Generation X was in a, a rough spot toward the end of its run. And uh, so they brought in Warren Ellis to help kind of boost things up and uh, ultimately didn't really do enough to, to to save the book because it ended with its 75th issue. Uh, Warren Ellis was on for one story arc and then handed the reins over to Brian Wood, who took it up for a couple of story arcs. Uh, I think he was on it for about a year. And so for this episode, while I didn't get a chance to talk to Brian Wood myself, I have some clips from two interviews that Adam Chapman over at the Comic Shenanigans podcast did with Brian. So we're going to play them back-to-back. Back. This is a short episode. It's only about 20 minutes long, and and we have uh, the first clip is about, I don't know, 15 minutes, and the other one's about five minutes or so. I think that's about right. Um, the first episode, if you want to hear the whole thing, it's episode 488. It was from uh, June twenty-second, 2017. And then the second interview, which is just a short clip, is from episode 584, and it was from June 7, 2018, so a year later. And both of them have some, uh, some good behind-the-scenes info about what it was like to work on Generation X uh, during this period here. And uh, to coincide with this, hopefully next month I'll be able to bring Jason Liebig back to the show and we'll be talking specifically about this period of Generation X as well. He was the editor on the title at that time. Oh, and at one point, um, Adam says that there is a listener who has a question for Brian Wood and he asked the question. uh, I'm that listener. I got to ask that question. So (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that out there. So just before we hit the interview, let's do a little shout out for social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those. You can search Epic Marvel Podcast and find me there and participate in some conversation about our episodes and get all the latest up-to-date info on Epic Collections. And if you love Epic Collections and just want to talk about Epic Collections all the time like I do, then you can go to the Epic Collection Facebook group that I've started up. Just uh, do a search for that and you'll be able to find it no problem. Other than that, you can also send me emails at epicmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. So let's get on with this interview, this comic shenanigans interview with Adam Chapman interviewing Generation X writer Brian Wood.
1: Actually, I want to jump back, uh, way back then, uh, about 17 years or so, to Generation X, because you kind of, I guess, did this come from an idea from Warren Ellis, and then you wrote the book, or I'm trying to remember how that worked out. Warren Ellis was hired by Marvel. It was They,
2: they invented a word for it. He was the plot master, <laughs> which is pretty funny when you think about it. But Marvel basically hired him to oversee a handful of like i guess low low performing books Mm -hmm. and it was like x-man at the time x-force at the time and generation x at the time and so what warren did is he wrote he reconceived all three wrote the first arcs of all three and then picked writers and sort of like helped like there was a transition period where, where we took over and he gave us some like outlines, you know, to kind of get us, you know, to just kind of make it a, make it a smooth transition. Um, and it was like so random. I mean, I knew Warren online, but I barely written anything in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just done, done this one graphic novel that I, I, I drew it as well as writing it. And, the writing was not what I was trying to do. I wanted to be a be an art artist, so I just wrote any old thing, just so I had something to draw. You know, it's like I wasn't trying you know, to write <laughs> something. And he's like, "What you want to write this?" And it's like, "Yeah, because why not? Because Warren's asking me, and it's Marvel, and it seems like it's too good to be true or too interesting to pass up." Mm-hmm. Um, so uh i ended up like looking back i'm like i wrote 13 issues of that crazy book and i had no idea what i was doing i really didn't (laughs) Um, i was literally just like making up as i went along i had to learn how to to write a
1: script like the format and i based it off of once you know and so like even now i write scripts the way warren does it's funny it's how i learned wow that's that's really being thrown into the deep end Yeah, yeah, it it was. But looking back, also, I was like, these
2: were books that no one cared about all that much at the time, and the editor was like so hands off because I think there were he was either afraid of Warren or had decided (laughs) to just like put his total trust in in Warren. But there was like no notes given. You know, I had fun at the time. I had fun, but like I cannot look at it now. You know, it's like the most mortifying thing imaginable.
1: Well, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I get to get you to dredge up those memories then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the memories overall are good, but I, like I said, I cannot read those those books.
1: I did have um, uh, a listener of the show had asked, uh, you know, with working on Generation X, uh, what led into the decision to kill off Sync. That was uh,
2: there are two things I'll say about that. First of all, and I'm not saying this to like duck blame, but that was Warren's idea. That that was in his outline. Okay. So I went. I went along with it, obviously, and did it.
1: I did the deed, and <laughs> I got my first death threat in comics. From really? that. Wow! I guess yeah. you're some die-hard yeah. Sync fans. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Yeah. I didn't know, and I didn't take it seriously. I, I feel like when I get death threats now, I take them really serious. Seriously. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, ah, whatever. You know, crazy fans. Um. Yeah. That, that is. That's <laughs> but really, I mean. The- like, it's like when I was still working off of notes of Warrens, you know, during that transitional period. Mm-hmm. So that was a plan That was a plan he had from the beginning. Now, you've had kind of so. an inter- an interesting career at the X office, because, I mean, you worked in Generation X. Uh, I guess you worked in what, Ultimate Comics X-Men later on, and then you had X-Men, two volumes of it, actually. Uh, what was kind of your favorite experience working for the X office? Um,
2: that was a crazy time. So from the time that I came back and I did... Okay, I did a Wolverine and the X-Men miniseries first. That's right, yes. Then I did a bunch of regular plain old X Men and Ultimate X Men at the same time and Ultimate X Men was double shipping. Ooh. And then that X that regular X Men sort of morphed into like the all female X Men. It was all kind of one job. Like it look looked like one book ended and there was like a relaunch. Mm-hmm. But all that that was all marketing. Like I was just writing straight on through, you know? Okay. Um And they just told me, they're like, we're going to switch up your cast. Here's your new cast. Like, it was all very seamless on my end. So so all of that, and including the Moon Knight arc I did, that was, like, in less than two years. Like, I did a lot of, you know, that was compressed into a short short amount of time. It was, like, 30-something issues of Ultimate X-Men, and, like, 18 or 19 of, of the other ones. I don't know. It was, like, a lot of books. So it's all kind of a blur in my head, like I was just crank cranking it out really, really fast. But the ultimate X-Men still I think it really holds up. And it's like I think it's politically really topical now. Mm-hmm. You know? It was like very much about like, you know, the X-Men on like a breakaway piece of land in America and like terrorism and various like sovereignty and freedom rights. And I see in, like, one of these new X-Men books now, they're, like, bringing a bunch of the char- characters I created in the Ultimate stories, like, brand-new ones, into, I think it's, like, X-Men Blue, I think. I've been hearing about it. I'm not reading it, but I've been hearing about it. So I look it up online, and I can see some some panels. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that char- char- character I invented, which is cool. You know, it's kind of fun. But, yeah, I like the Ultimate X-Men. That was creatively the most satis- satisfying Okay. Um, I worked with Olivier Coipel on the for the free, a few, few issues of the the all theme, theme, female X Men, which was pretty great. Oh, I what? had to participate in a uh, event. Yeah, what was it called? Uh, something of yeah. Battle of the Atom or whatever. Yeah, Battle of the Atom. And I had to just I had to go sit in a room for two days straight with Bendis and Jason Aaron. <laughs> and I literally, I sat sat there. They talked. It, was like, it might as well have been in a different language for all I understood. Because this was their their event that they had been cooking up over time and mm-hmm. laying the groundwork for. And I remember sitting in this conference room with my editor. And like on, on a lunch break, I said to her, I'm like, do you understand what's going on? And she's like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> i'm like okay at least it's not just, just me so i just like kind of like absorbed it. i mean it was interesting to was the, the first time i had been in one of these sort of like like summit type meetings you know with theirs and so i listened to them kind of like break it down and when i needed to speak up like when it impacted my characters i would speak up and say my two cents and then i i wrote my part of, part of it but it was like that was that was interesting too Okay. What interesting. The, by interesting, I mean it was like weird and crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I want to ask about, I guess, so when the book kind of relaunched, but as you said, you were kind of writing X Men all the way through. When you got the old female team, man, I guess I have a bunch of questions. Um, I guess the first is, you actually did something meaningful with Jubilee and that you, you made her a mom, which is something that persists to this day, so that hasn't been forgotten or swept under the rug. What kind of led into making such a huge shift for the character?
2: Well, I liked Jubilee, because it was like the one character that was from my Generation X days. That, that, it's, Jubilee's fun. Everybody loves to write her, you know? So I was like, already sort of had my... I was spending a lot of my attention on thinking about what I was going to do, do with her. And she's a vampire, and we couldn't change that. I asked, and we couldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, how do I make that my my own? I don't like vampires. Even if I did, I don't know what I would, what does a Jubilee vampire even mean? I don't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get it. I couldn't wrap my my mind around it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know how to write it. I feel like I'll, I'm I would ignore it, you know, which is not good. So I was like, I got to figure out something I can write about about her to make her sort of, you know, my own and like give give her give her meaning in my story. And so I'm like, well, I know about being being a parent, you know. So I was like, I ran it by by my editor. they were like, yeah, that's fine. And I did a little bit of a dirty trick when I was writing that, that event is in that event, that battle of the Adam, there was a bunch of future Mm -hmm. X-Men that come, come back. And I had Jubilee's kid as an adult coming, coming back. And I pushed for that because I was like, I know that the minute I leave this book, some other writer is going to undo that whole child thing, you know? Because I I may like Jubilee as a mother, but that doesn't mean everybody else will, you know, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't mean the next writer will. But I'm like, but if I make her son exist in the future, like that's harder for someone to undo it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was like sort of like my trick. I was like, this is a way I can cement like uh, some kind of a legacy of mine, you know, (laughs) by uh, by writing him into the future and giving him great scenes with Jubilee when he's all grown grown up, you know. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's why the no one's tried to undo it, or maybe they've tried and couldn't figure out how to. But I'm pleased that that child is still around.
1: I mean, I, I would say I, I'd rather she be a mom than a vampire. So. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there the vampire, like, I don't mean to like diss it because obviously other writers have, have written it it's just not my
2: thing mm-hmm. and I and I really I tried I put a lot of thought into it but I'm like I just won't be able to do this the way I should you know
1: so. One thing I found from reading your, uh, your time on X-Men is it definitely felt like, first of all, Jubilee felt like herself again. Like, the character had been written in different places where, you know, when she was powerless, she became a superhero in the New Warriors and didn't quite feel like Jubilee. Like She'd been in a lot of different places, but suddenly under your pen, it definitely felt like we had kind of the, the classic kind of 90s Jubilee back. Uh, but another thing that definitely felt like we got back was, uh, was Rogue. She felt like kind of the 90s animated series Rogue again in the best way possible. Good. I'm glad it did. I mean, that was uh, my editor at the time,
2: Janine Schaefer, um, who was like doing all the uh, like a big ex-editor ex-ed at the time, really loved, loved Rogue. And so she was really, yeah, I mean, I got to give her a lot of the credit there for
1: like helping me with that character, you know, mm-hmm. making making it be what you just just described. <laughs> Now, on that book, you, got, uh, you, you were really kind of spoiled with artists, too, because, I mean, you had Coipel, you had, uh, I think, uh, Anka, you had the Dodson's. Did you adapt your writing style for the different artists that kind of came in and out of the book, or did you just kind of keep a, a regular throw-through, or how did it work? It didn't work that way. I mean, Marvel is like, Marvel flies by the seat of their pants, which should come to
2: no surprise <laughs> to anybody. I mean that's why often comics have like multiple artists like they're all ch- they're all like chasing dead deadlines it's like a white knuckle ride to the uh, printer you know so often i i mean i would write scripts in advance more so than like artist changes would happen after the scripts were written okay and never with my foreknowledge like i would just be uh, informed or i wouldn't be be informed <laughs> <laughs> That that the artist changed. Oh yeah, you know your your new artist is Chris Anka, and I'm like, okay, it's not. No one's asking me. It's like a done deal. He's already drawn half the book, you know. And I'm like, okay. So it was like a lot of kind of like going with the with the flow, and the idea of writing a script to any artist's strengths was like impossible. You know, Mm -hmm. you could do that at the beginning when you launch a book, but. Very quickly, you know, things things change. Um, so I was on that title for 17 issues, and there was like, I think there was like nine artists on that book. Something like that, yeah. Over 17 issues. It was like a constant changing, you know, and some some of them I knew, like I knew Terry, Terry Dotson, some of them I didn't know, like I hadn't met Chris Anka at that point. Um, we had some backups done, done by Clayman, which I really liked um but it was all like real real like fly fly by the seat of your pants which is not the way i love to write comics you know Mm -hmm. um so ultimately i mean that's i mean marvel is not the place for me like i give i give all the credit in the world to the creators who can make that that work for them you know um and clearly plenty of people do but it just is not my my way of working
1: okay So last time we talked about the beginnings of how you got involved with Generation X, but we kind of glossed over exactly how Warren Ellis found you or exactly how that connection kind of was made.
2: He was my my first friend in comics, <laughs> Warren. <laughs> um, Transmet his his book Transmet was running at the time. It was fairly early on. I want to say it was like in its first year, and I love that book. And he had his online message board that was like pretty brand new, like it hadn't turned into the famous Warren Warrenell's forum Warren at the time. But he he was online. I went online. I found him. He was extremely approachable, and I don't know how well he long the the short versions that he gave me a cover quote for channel channel zero i don't know how i sent him a copy to look at i don't <laughs> think i emailed it. so i mean this is like 1997 i don't know uh, <laughs> i don't know but he gave me a quote and it actually ran on channel zero number two and he talked it up and that was basically it so then we were sort of on this message board and you know the rest is history from there but uh um I still have in my, I managed to save all these years a printout of the, uh, of his email when he gave me that quote. Oh. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, both had, uh, AOL addresses, <laughs> which tells you how, how long, long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then, and so then when Gen- generation X, I mean, came around, that was like a year and a half later. Um, you know, and we had gotten used to, uh, each other by then and channel zero had run its course. And so I guess he had a, enough of a sense of me as a writer
1: to, uh, you know, put put me up for that job. Now you said last time, not to continually reference our first conversation, but you did mention how you you can't really look at your Generation X stuff. It kind of like hurts to look at because obviously it was very early times for you. If you thought about what you would do differently, that like kind of what you now know and how you know how to write comics, what you would approach differently to make it kind of not feel so painful. It's hard to say other
2: than, I mean, the actual answer to that is to just do a better job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To be more specific, I guess I would just, I mean, I cranked those things out. Like I had no sense of of craft or I don't, I don't know what the, what the word is exactly, but I wrote them way too fast and it wasn't like I didn't care. Like I understood this was important and it was an opportunity and Warren was vouching for, for, for me and everything. So I wasn't being, it wasn't like I didn't care or I wasn't trying But I really wasn't trying in a way. Like I was, you know, I should have like taken time. I should have like mapped it out, should have outlined it. I should have done multiple drafts before an editor even saw it, you know. Okay, I guess that's it. It's a little hard to think think back to it, like what I was thinking at the time. But I do remember writing those things in like a night (laughs) and emailing it in and the editor being like, oh, you're done already. (laughs) Like, you know, You know, maybe it could have taken a couple
1: more days. We well, probably felt like a pretty pressure situation because, like, this is this is you know, this is a big chance. Like, this is a big opportunity. You're getting vouched for by Warren. This is Marvel Comics, you know, the, the biggest publisher that there is in in comic books. This is a tremendous opportunity, even if it is on a kind of B or C list title to to actually you know prove yourself. So it makes sense that you you know probably do it quickly because you don't know what these kind of things work on. You just want to get the work in and done because who knows if this opportunity. is ever gonna happen again
2: i mean i was genuinely uh excited you know i was like eager to do it um, i had a day job at the time so i remember I, I would get the email from from warren during the day and i'd come home and sit down and i would be like i gotta do it right now you know because i was <laughs> super psyched but yeah i, I tore through those, those scripts um like you wouldn't believe i wish i could write that fast now <laughs> <laughs>